0: Do you ever wonder what would happen if, well, if...
1: If you give a dad a podcast.
0: I'm what you call a nerdy fan. I nerd out at this stuff. Hardcore.
1: You'll hear me talk about anime on here. You'll hear me talk about Power Rangers. You'll hear me talk about wrestling on here.
0: Okay. I had an axe handle with a twisted T on me. It <laughs> right after that <laughs> twisted T <tea> video <laughs> went viral.
1: And man, they went out and grabbed it and smacked it in the head with it. It was so—that's
0: great. I'd like to think this podcast as a nostalgia moment for me. It's a show where I can talk about whatever I want.
1: I'm a I'm a human and animal chiropractor. There was a picture of me. It
0: looked like I was on the side of a ramen box over in China. But so I took my kids with me to Comic Con.
1: I thought that was really cool.
0: I don't know if my wife listen to this podcast. We'll cut that part out. Like, and then Robert said this. If you give a dad a podcast, available now on all podcasting platforms. Did you ever wonder?
1: What could have been with the AWA had things gone differently? Had their fortunes gone differently? Had certain wrestlers not left and perhaps more money would have been at the disposal of the
0: Ganyas? Well, wonder no further. You can go to Brad Drake's YouTube channel and experience the 1987 Supermod for yourself. As
1: Brad Drake starts off in May 1987, along with Greg Ganya, Baron Von Rotsky, Vern Ganya himself, Nick Blackwinkle, Larry Zabisco, Kurt Hennig, and a slew of others as he plays and saves the AWA. Welcome to another edition of Bumps and Thumps The Talk of Rest I'm your host, Brian Ferguson. My guest today is no stranger to professional wrestling. He has written with some of the greats like Bill Aptor and Stu Sachs. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to have on here today, Mr. Craig Peters. Craig, thanks for coming out today. I really appreciate it.
0: Hey, thanks, Brian, for inviting me. And uh, I would also say some of the other greats I spent time with were Dan Shockett. Yes. And uh, Eddie Elner, uh, Bob Smith, Um Few others whose names escape me at the moment. Dave Rosenbaum. Yes. Uh, and I'm sure. I'm sure more names will come up as 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 we talk over the next few minutes. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, I want to thank you again You know, I've read magazines since I was about I don't know, probably ten years old, which was quite a while ago. Um, when there was a bunch of them, you know, Inside Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Sports review, you, you name it. There's probably, at that time, I don't know, a lot of magazines out yeah. there.
0: So let's at talk. A, yeah, at our peak, we were doing a bunch of them. And, yeah, yeah. there's a, um there's a Twitter feed. And I'm, I I could look it up and give you the exact uh, um, feed. But I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it's Wrestling Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, great feed, and he'll he'll pull old magazines and tweet photos and, and bits of stories from them, and my stuff comes up every once in a while. And he tweeted something recently, Wrestling Bad Guys magazine. And I completely forgot that we did it. It was basically like, uh, like Inside Wrestling or The Wrestler, but from a bad guy's perspective. Oh, wow. Like the bad guys were the good guys. It was an interesting editorial twist. But wow. I've forgotten about that one for years. But yeah, it was fun to see that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's get started a little bit. Let's
1: talk a little bit about growing up, where you grew up at, your childhood. Uh, okay. I haven't s-
0: grown up yet, but I'm still, I'm working on that.
1: <laughs> growing up. Okay. It's continuous.
0: Uh, um, where you grew up at, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I grew up on Long Island. Okay. Or as we say, Long Island, if you're a Long Islander. Um, my uh, It's pretty pretty basic suburban you know, lifestyle growing up. I have to, I have to say for the, for the context of this podcast, I was not really a wrestling fan growing up. Um, I went to the matches, I went to the matches once or twice. I actually lived um, just a couple miles from Nassau Coliseum. And I think my brother took me, we saw Bruno one time. Um, But I, you know, I would watch it on TV now and again, but I wouldn't call myself a fan. What I really was growing up was a hardcore fan of comic books. Oh, really? Um, okay. I was a big Marvel guy, but I bought everything on the stands. Marvel, Charlton, DC, um, everything. Yeah. And to sort of fast forward a little bit when it when it came time to, um, you know, think about and start writing about pro wrestling, um, you know, it's it, particularly in those days, I guess today, I haven't really followed it. Um, as diligently today as i did back in the day Mm -hmm. Um, and my time with the magazines was 81 to 96 okay um but you know i i sort of looked at it as okay these are these are like comic book characters in flesh and blood and that's how i was able to sort of relate to to wrestlers and and click into what was going on and i picked it up very quickly i think yeah and uh you know very quickly grew to appreciate what they were doing and and how good the best of them were at what they did. Yeah, that that's interesting that you were not a wrestling
1: fan. That's that's kind of a twist on things. I want to ask <laughs> yeah. you.
0: Yeah, I want to ask you. Two right? Who was a yeah, yeah, yeah. And a wrestling newsletter. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And Bill, and Bill also, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: Bill. Um, let's talk a little bit journalism. Did you go to school for for writing journalism, or did you? Um, I you know I. W- I went to college. I went to Colgate University, upstate New York. Um, originally when I went, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, mm-hmm. but after about a year of, of studying in that direction, I decided that wasn't the direction I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, I got heavily involved in the college radio station and the college newspaper. And okay. that really sort of got my juices flowing, particularly the newspaper. And mm-hmm. I realized that yeah, I want to do something in this area. You know, young stupid kid. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to do something. This this excited me, and and writing excited me, and I I wanted to I wanted to do something with that, whatever it was. Yeah. And um, so when I graduated college, I went job hunting, and I had a, a lousy resume, as all fresh college graduates tend to have, I guess. <laughs> and I sent my resume out to everything under the sun and i also i should say i also did a lot of freelance writing at the time so i was okay. writing for a newspaper that still exists called the island Year, which okay. was the long island's free weekly uh, music newspaper it did a ton of interviews record reviews concert reviews that sort of thing um had a couple of concert reviews published in Newsday, the long island newspaper okay. um, so i was doing a bunch of writing um beyond you know while i was trying to find a real job and so i sent my resume out everywhere and um, I sent it to. I saw this ad, and I believe it was in Newsday, for London Publishing, and uh, they were advertising for a writer, and that was pretty much all the ad said. So I sent them my resume because you know, I didn't know what London Publishing was. I yeah. was, oh, writer, great, I can do that. And I get a call back from Peter King, uh, and that's... Peter King says, "Hey, you know, look, we're looking. I like your resume. We're looking to hire a writer. We want you know somebody to come in full time." I said, oh, that's great. What do you do? Well, we're a magazine publishing company. Oh, that's cool. What sort of magazines do you do? Pro wrestling and boxing. And I kind of (laughs) went, let me think about it. And so I hung up the phone and um, I thought about it. And like I said, I wasn't a wrestling fan. So it didn't really appeal to me. Mm -hmm. And a couple of weeks later, Pete called me back. And said, you know, listen, we're still, you know, like a resume, still really interested in wanting you to come in for an interview. So I had nothing else going on at the time. And I said, yeah, what the heck? I'll go in and, and check it out. And when I went into the office, I, I looked around. And if I showed you my office today, I mean, you can see a little bit on Zoom. But it yeah. looked very much like the, the office back then. It was, <laughs> um, it was an interesting atmosphere. Uh, it was... All young guys, like for the most part, like myself. You know, there was Stu Sax was there, um, Peter King, uh, myself. You had a couple of guys in the art department, a couple of older people working on the production side. But mm-hmm. um, I kind of looked around, and then Peter explained the job to me, and he said it was, you know, we're hiring someone to write three stories a day, every day. So it's basically three one thousand word stories a day. Whoa! Like, All right, I'll give it a shot. And I figured, all right, this will pay some bills while I find something that I really want to do. Yeah. And I quickly found out that I really like this. Yeah. And what I thought was going to be a couple of weeks turned into 15 years. Yeah. Wow. A thousand
1: words, three times a day.
0: Yeah. Basically, each each story is about a thousand words. Wow. Um, Yeah. Three stories a day was sort of the the pace that you wanted to do. That's. I'll tell you a story about that. Let's hear it. Uh, Years years later, when I left the magazines um i ran away and joined the circus quite literally um i joined feld entertainment which is uh, the company that owned ringling brothers barnum and bailey they also had a disney on ice shows and they did a bunch of other stuff as well and one of the yeah. things they were working on while i was there was a stage show based on goosebumps you know the kids horror the kids, books yeah yeah and i had opportunity to have lunch with rl stein the author of the goosebumps books and I sat right next to him and we were talking, very nice guy, very personable, and we're chatting back and forth. And I told him how I got my start in wrestling magazines and the whole bit. And he started his career in almost exactly the same way. Wow. Um, but, he, but he did it with movie magazines. Okay. And we were comparing notes on how the movie magazines were produced versus how the wrestling magazines were produced. Yeah. Very
1: similar. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I wanted to talk to you a little bit too, uh... Did you, uh, I read that you were also take, you took pictures, like photography. Yes. So, yes, I did. So, you know, I, when I did the podcast with Bill after a few years back, uh, he took a lot of pictures. And I'm just wondering, was that kind of a, yeah, was that kind of like part of the, you know, you said you did a thousand words for a story three times a day,
0: plus pictures. So that had to be really kind of time-consuming for you. Yeah, it it was. And you know, boy the this is we're talking the early mid 80s now, right? So yeah yeah a few years ago. So Bill if you're listening, forgive me if I'm misremembering oh, Stu as well. Um but I think what happened was there was there was sort of um a desire because you know, we were starting to put out more magazine. You know, we need a yeah. lot of photos. We're doing yeah. a lot of magazines. Yeah. And so the idea was that, all right, you know, we were still allowed into the garden at the time. So, yeah. you know, let's, instead of one guy going ringside, let's send two guys. Um, one can shoot color, one could shoot black and white. And so, all right. So I raised my hand. Sure, I, I could do that. That's, how hard can that be? <laughs> you know, enthusiastic. I'm willing to try anything. Yeah. Sure. Um, so you know, Bill would shoot color. I would shoot black and white. Okay. So we get twice as much, uh, twice as much out of each match. Yeah. And, um, I wasn't a photographer when I started there per se, Yeah. but you know, learning under Bill, um, you know, sort of the, one of the great classrooms for, for learning how to do photography like that. And at that time around the garden, I mean, this, like I said, early 80s. So, you know, Paul Heyman was shooting on the ring next to us. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. George Napolitano, you know, the Japanese photographers. It was, you know, it was a pretty exciting place to be. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I mean, I loved it. And as as it went, so I would go to the matches with Bill um, every month at the Garden. We started doing road trips. Um, We did more road trips. That grew into doing some TV interviews. And, you know, it's sort of, it sort of snowballed from there, but yeah. I loved it. And I love and I loved learning from Bill. Yeah. Um, photography because I mean, no one's better. Really nice guy. Um,
1: uh, when I interacted with him, I've never met him in person per se, but before we, yeah, he is one of these, the, best, the best, one of my dearest friends. Yeah, great guy. Absolutely. Thank love you. him from what I've had interaction with him. An absolute genuine, great guy. Yep. Let's, uh, okay. So I wanted, he's brought up something kind of interesting to me. So you talked about getting into the garden, but before that you guys went around traveling when you took those pictures and your, uh, what was probably one of your favorite, uh, pictures that you, that you probably took. I saw one the other day on, on the internet with you and Michael Hayes, Michael Hayes is pouring the Uh, Jack Daniels into your glass staring down at it. And it's, it's an oldie. It's probably from 82, 83, I'm assuming. Uh, But it's a great shot. But it's hard to find you in pictures with other wrestlers. I found two. You with Michael Hayes and you with uh, right. King P- Kong Bundy with Bill Aptor. Well, the there's a bunch, of though. There's a bunch. Well, I mean,
0: you, well, well, there's a bunch we didn't use in the magazine. Well,
1: But I'm saying the um, two with, with you in it specifically,
0: those are only – I couldn't find any other. I mean, yeah. of course, that's the internet. I mean, but – Yeah, no, there is a bunch. I, one of the earliest uh, photos where I was in it was um, – this would have been – oh. It was one in 1981. I want to say later in the year because I would only been working at the company for a few months. Okay. And Bill and I went to the garden, and Mill Mascaris, yeah, yes. uh, was on the card, and I was complaining about a stiff neck, and so I don't I don't know why Bill mentioned it. He goes, "Oh, Mill Mill can fix your neck." It's like, what are you talking about? And so Mascaris had me laid down on the floor and he grabbed a towel and he cradled my head in the towel. And he said, you know, just relax, relax, relax. And I relaxed my neck and he yanked up on one side of the towel, cracked my neck oh. into place. I think it helped. I found out later that my, my sore neck was the result of having mononucleosis. Oh, wow. Um, and I'll tell you a very, very quick magazine story about that. Um, I had a really, really bad case of it. My blood values were such that they thought I had leukemia
1: and I was laid
0: up for a couple of months. So I'd only been working at the magazine for a couple of months and I was out of work for a couple of months, but Stanley Weston who owned the magazines, um, said to me, don't worry about it. Just get better. Your job will be waiting for you when you get back and continued to pay me all the way through while I was sick on top of it. So that to me, just you know, is, is sort of a great example of the kind of kind of guy that Mr. Weston was. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard but yeah, some of the great was, things yeah, about Mr. Masqueress. Oh boy, photos with me in them. There were uh, there's there's a bunch of photos, and I'm I'm thinking of photos we actually used in the magazines. Yeah, me and the Road Warriors. Okay. Um, there's a great photo that cracks me up when I see it. I I don't know, I think we used it in the magazine, but um, Bill and I went to the gym with Lance von Erich. Okay. And, uh Lance and I are back to back. I've got my shirt off, and Lance is lifting a barbell with you know like giant weights on both ends. And the barbell I'm lifting has like nothing <laughs> on either end. It's just the bar. But like I'm straining more than he is, you know, mugging for the camera. It's a pretty funny photo. Um, That's yeah great there were a few. There were a few. Captain Albano was was choking me at my desk one time. Ah, okay. He had, Jerry Lawler, Jerry Lawler, um, questioning some of the stories I've written, also at my desk. So, yeah, awesome. A lot of stuff.
1: Promotions. You, you know, you were around a lot of them. You know, when it was the territory days. You know, one time there's 26 promotions out there running around. What was the one that you really enjoyed being at, working with that didn't give you? I mean, that gave you a lot of access, a lot of ability nice. to do your job what was probably one of your favorite ones
0: oh boy um you know there's there's a couple and it, it, it's hard to pick a favorite I, the, the two that really stand out i would mm-hmm. say would be uh crockett okay. um, shooting the shooting the shows in atlanta um at the omni was always exciting Um, and also the TV tapings, uh, with Gordon solely Gordon became a dear friend and, um, you know, those, those were just great. Just the flavor and atmosphere of those TV tapings was, was like nothing else.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and, and the Omni crowds were fantastic. I mean, it was Madison square garden South, um, and probably world-class, um, the, you know, the, particularly the event in Texas stadium when Kerry got the belt from Flair. Mm-hmm. 42,000 fans um, you know boy to be ringside there and, and, and shoot and, and just to be there for that moment and see what was going on but yeah we had great great experiences in terms of the promotions giving us access and letting us letting us be at ringside letting us set up studio equipment yeah uh, backstage so that um, and I think this was a Crockett show might have been at the Omni um, but I remember particularly, after one it was a jimmy valiant match and he came out of the match all bloody and we had the uh the portable photo studio set up backstage with the backdrop and everything and i'd be back there and he'd come through the doors to head back to the dressing room jimmy jimmy come here a second hurry up and get him in front of the backdrop to pose all bloody and sweaty you know in the studio setting with you know what a great photo (laughs) it was was just terrific you know much better than you know like the you know, the, the concrete wall or something like that, you know, yeah, yeah. Goes, right. You know, yeah. Right. Covers. Yeah. You know, cause you, cause you're getting them while their energy is up and they're, you know, and they're looking good and they're, you know, they're sort of pumped up from the match. So it's, it was a yeah. great moment to capture the photo.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. I, I, I can, I would love to just pick your brain. I mean, we only have about an hour. I would just love to pick your yeah, brain for hours and stuff, but I want to talk to you a little bit. Okay. So you mentioned earlier about getting into the garden and you got in there a certain point. Yeah. Bill talked about that too, you know, in '85 or '6, whatever it was, when when Vince said, you know, you guys aren't allowed. We're doing our own magazine thing. How were you able to still do stories on the WWF, getting photos and all that stuff? How were you able to do that if you weren't allowed into the into their uh, their shows or their events?
0: Um, sometimes I wonder. <laughs> I mean, because I, you know, when I yes, read the. Yeah. I read the magazines in the 80s, you guys had besides
1: WWF, you had AWA and everything else. But I mean, when Bill said we weren't allowed in there, I'm like, how are you
0: not, how are you, how are you getting all this information and all these photos? For a while, as I recall, and again, like I mentioned earlier, you know, my memory might be off a little bit here, but I think even though we got kicked out of the garden initially, I think we were still able to shoot some spot shows for a while. Okay. So we were able to get by with some of that. You know, you're not getting all of the big headline matches, but you right. know, you're still getting, you know, individual star matches and, and that sort of thing. So I, I think we had a lot of spot show material. Okay. And we would also shoot from the stands. Okay. Um, <laughs> in fact, what probably the most famous photo I ever took, um, and this was this was before we got locked out, but I was in the stands for it. Um, was Snooka on top of the cage about to dive down onto Backland. And if yes. I got royalties for every time they printed that photo, uh, I'd be a rich man today. Yes, But I just happened to be sitting in the right place in the arena, you know, because because everyone knew Snooka was going to go up and do the dive on Backland, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, please be that corner. Please be that. Because <laughs> I, I the view I had of the ring, I had like a one in four shot. Yeah, yeah. and it turned out he picked exactly the right corner he was facing me while he was on top of the cage and it just turned into uh, one of
1: the to me
0: one of the perfect wrestling photos of all time yeah
1: it is one of the best obviously. i've i've seen that photo absolutely yeah yeah so you know when you guys i want to just kind of elaborate so like wrestlemania right mm-hmm. one was at the garden were you guys allowed right. in there then or was that when you guys were like
0: okay this is I, it I think i'm pretty sure oh boy i'd actually have to go back and look at tape on that one i don't know i don't know if we were kicked out before one i'm pretty sure we were kicked out by the time two rolled around yeah but i'm not exactly sure about one i th- okay think yeah i you know what? it's my memory fails me on oh that it's one. all
1: right no problem i have to i have to I check the to... video
0: tape <laughs> yeah
1: i want to ask you something about how did that
0: when they told you that, I mean, was that just kind of a punch in the gut to you guys or, I mean, how did you take that? A little bit. Yeah. I, I think so. It was, you know, because wrestling was on such an enormous upswing. Yeah. And, you know, we, we wanted to be a part, well, we were a part of it. Right. Um, at least from the magazine side. And we wanted to, you know, we wanted to give the best possible face to the business mm-hmm. that we could. Um, you know, we weren't there to break kayfabe or anything. We wanted, Right. You know, we weren't, We were trying to help everybody. Yeah. Um, And we just wanted to do the best job we possibly could. And that includes access, ringside access, studio access. And WWF decided they wanted to do their own magazine, which, you know, can't fault them for the decision. Right. You know, hey, wrestling's on an upswing. You know, these are our guys. We want to be exclusive. So, all right. That's the decision. Yeah. it, It stinks. But, we'll figure out a way to get by. And we did, you know, we yeah. did it with, uh, like I said, shots from the stands, spot shows. If we knew somebody was coming to WWF um, and again, all credit to bill because he was the liaison between the magazines and the business, yeah. you know, as much a part of the business as any of the, any of the boys. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if somebody told him, Hey, Bill, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going over to, I'm going over to Vince next month. Oh great! Let's get you in the studio and get a bunch of photos now before you go. Okay. So we would there you stock up on photos and have it ready, and then of course Vince would change the guy's gimmick, and you know we'd be out <laughs> <lot> of <it>. luck. <laughs> yeah. At least we'd have stuff to work with a little bit. Yeah. Oh. By.
1: Yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit uh, chemistry, with with wrestlers, sure. with promoters. Who in your mind was one of the ones that you really? had a, a good connection with a wrestler, uh, that just, you guys got along great. You guys just had that good chemistry with each other. he tell you anything you want to know. Yeah. Is there anybody in particular that just sticks out in your mind for you? Um,
0: well, again, I'll, 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 I'll sort of defer to Bill in a <laughs> lot of ways on, on this question, because Bill had the chemistry and the relationships with everybody in the yeah. business. Yeah. And, you know, I was sort of, I was sort of Bill's shadow. So, you know, just as, you know, if Bill walked into a dressing room and the wrestlers looked at him, like who the heck is this guy? And one of the guys said, Hey, this is Bill. He's all right. Well then Bill's all right to everybody. Same sort of thing. If Bill said that I was all right, then I was all right to the guys. But it was, it was Bill's relationships. Like I, I can't honestly say that I had any relationship with any wrestlers that superseded any that even came close to anything that bill had. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I, I was sort of riding along in Bill's wake. Having said that, um, the guys that, that I got along with the best and, and got to know the best, uh, both road warriors. Okay. Hawk and awesome. Animal. Yeah. Hawk and animal. Tremendous. Um, and I'm going to add, uh, two in particular, I want to call out Paul okay. Ellering All right. and Nikita Koloff, um, both yeah. of whom actually called me on my phone, uh, some years ago when they heard that my wife had passed away from cancer. Oh, okay. So class acts, both of them. And, yeah. uh, if, if they're hearing this, if this gets to them, thank you gentlemen for that much appreciated. Um, Cornette was, Cornette was great. Always loved, uh, when I was, you know, taking photos of him, he would play at ringside. Yeah. Uh, we'd have a lot of fun. Um, Ole Anderson was, I, I remember walking in one really? time to a TV taping in, uh, in Atlanta. And Bill and I were going to do our PWI press conference. And I remember only going, ah, here comes Craig Peters. I guess that's better than no Peters at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Gordon Solie was great. You know, we had a it's just, you know, the the guys of that of sort of that era were were really yeah. terrific. And yeah, I, I just had so much fun. But yeah, yeah I think for me personally, um, Warriors Nikita Ellering Cornette. Um, I'm sure there are a few others I'm leaving yeah. out there. But uh, I mean, Johnny. B. When we were doing WCW magazine, mm-hmm. um, I got to know some of those guys. Uh, Johnny B. Bad. Uh, he was Merle. terrific. Yeah. Mark Merrow, yep. yeah mark Merrill, yep. and uh, and again you know nikita was there for a while and yeah um yeah just uh, like i said i'm i'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting a few and my apologies for oh. anybody who, you know, i just said a few you name more, more than more than <laughs> three so you're
1: good i want to tell you nikita Koloff, i i did a podcast him uh probably
0: about a year and a half ago great guy great great guy oh, tremendous. uh i still have when when uh when they would have pay-per-views in baltimore Mm -hmm. there was a restaurant near the arena called sabatino's okay that everybody would go to after the matches and i remember um going to that restaurant uh nikita the warriors were there i forget who else was there bill and i and nikita signed a matchbook uh from sabatino's restaurant but he did it in the cyrillic alphabet Okay. I was awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's just real, real commitment to character. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I heck still have I, that somewhere in my archive. Yeah, yeah, nice guy. So I should donate that to After Zally.
1: <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> was there? And I, you don't have to give out names. Was there anybody that sure. just didn't like? They have just like treated you guys like trash, or, and I shouldn't say trash just didn't have the respect for you that right. that that you know you're trying to help the business and, and promote their character and their and and the in the business and they just were like don't want nothing to do with you
0: um yeah, boy, I, don't, I honestly don't recall anything it's and, and it's not for I mean, hey, so many years later, if there was right. something, I, I don't care. <laughs> right, I'm yeah, not involved yeah. in the business. I, I'd name a name. I don't care. But I, I honestly can't think of anybody. I mean, you know, there was, if it was somebody not wanting to have anything to do with us, and you know, Vince comes to mind. And I don't want to, I don't want to put huge negative connotations there. But it was, right. it was a business decision, right? Right, right, right. It was like, hey, you guys are doing a magazine, we're doing a magazine, so I don't want you in. That's that's business, right? right. Um, everybody else, it was, you know, they loved having us down there. So, yeah. you know, they treated us well. Good. Um, yeah. Come on in take photos. How can I get on the cover? Why you, how come I'm so low in the ratings? You know, they, <laughs> they complain about things that way, but yeah, there was never anything like, I don't want to, I do have nothing to do with you. I don't want to, you know, don't take my photo. Okay. And I honestly can't remember any instance of that happening. Okay.
1: Was there a pro? Besides the WWF, was there a promotion that ever just gave you guys like okay, you could do this and that, and that's it? I mean, very little to no
0: yeah access. uh,
1: But besides the WWF, which was had a business decision. Just a a company that was just like, you know what? Yeah, we don't need you, but I don't think so. Okay, good. I I I didn't think so, but you never know. Like
0: like AWA, you know Portland and like a lot of the promotions, like we would you know Bill would do a lot of road trips, yeah, you know, I mm-hmm. would do a lot of road trips with him, but we yeah. also had a lot of stringers out there, yeah, so like we wouldn't get out to Portland often, but you know we had somebody in Portland who sort of had a relationship with that office the way Bill had a relationship with the business, okay, and so they were able to get us photos of the matches there so okay. there were there were certain areas of the country um where we worked like that, but Nah, I, I, I can't think of anybody that, that's sort of limited, limited oh. our stuff. It was always, I, I think it was really more a case of, you know, how can we get more? Yeah. You know, how can we get more covers? How can we get more more stories? You know, yeah. everybody wanted more. I always wanted more. more. I, I yeah, There wasn't no, whole yeah, there wasn't, no, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, that's right. You know, yeah. WWF and mm-hmm. NWA, and that probably took up 80% of, of the real estate in the magazine. So yeah. everybody else that was left were all sort of yeah how can i get more
1: yeah so when you started in 81 there was 26 27 territories by the time you left in 96 there was you know wwe or f at the time and and wcw was the two uh big ones pretty much yeah i think yeah so might have been
0: still awa folded in
1: 91 and
0: uh yeah
1: what was how was that on impact on your magazine as far as those? Cause when I was a kid, you had, you had world-class, you had UWF, you had AWA, right. you had the Pacific Northwest, you had the, uh, you know, central States, all these different territories in your magazine and they're ranked, you know, they'd have their top 10. And when they kind of, when that condensed down due to, you know, closing their doors, sure. I'm, I'm sure that hurt your magazine some, I mean, but, did it impact it significantly or was it just, you had to adjust your your way of covering
0: things and in, in writing? I, th- I think it was both. Okay. Um, you know, like it impacted the mags and I, I, I sort of look at it relative to the mid eighties peak, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when rock and wrestling connections started blowing up and wrestling really sort of the, the first wave of mainstream media for wrestling. Yeah to say you know it start the nbc shows started up and it was really breaking out in a big way um and we put out a ton of magazines you know PWI, the wrestler inside wrestling sports review wrestling wrestling usa wrestling 85 yeah um wrestler annual yeah um wrestling bad guys that i mentioned earlier (laughs) yeah (laughs) superstars you know there were just there were tons of them. we were putting out you know, some months we would put out four or five, maybe even six a month, I want to say, certainly five a month in, in some months. Yeah. That's a lot, a lot of magazines. A lot. Um and so by the time, you know, the early 90s rolled around, wrestling had cooled off some, uh, and so did the magazines. You know, mm-hmm. so we contracted the 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 quarterly magazines dropped off the schedule. Um I think a couple a couple of monthlies probably turned into bi monthlies. Um, bi monthlies turned into quarterlies, you yeah. know, sort of sort of scaled things down a bit. So, um, yeah, it definitely affected the magazines, uh, yeah, in that way for sure. Yeah, sheer volume of them. Absolutely. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I, I,
1: every time they come out when I was a kid, I'd buy, I'd beg my mom, I need to get a buck or a buck and a half, whatever it was for inside <laughs> wrestling, buck and a half, for PWI. She's like, these are costing too much. And I'm like, Mom, some days these could be collector's items. She just laughed right. at me. She laughed so, at so, me. And now they so are.
0: Now <laughs> I have to turn the tables and ask you a question. Did you buy Sports Review Wrestling?
1: I did. I have. Okay.
0: Uh, and I and have. did you buy Sports Review Wrestling for the wrestling?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I did, actually. I didn't do the apartment. That was a little bit before my time. Apartment <laughs> wrestling. Oh, okay. But I have a issue with Bachman along the cover from 1980 when he's all bloody. Bill Apter took the picture. He told me, "Yep, that's one of my one of one of my favorite photos from Bill after Is that photo? It's just because I was a big AWA guy because I'm from Wisconsin originally. I was born and raised. Oh, okay, there. sure. Yep. So I had big time exposure to the AWA. Bachman, Ganya, the the who's who before the WWF. Right. Got them all, but yeah. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about a little bit of something that's a little bit, uh, I found out later in life, some of your writers were not real. Uh, Matt Brock, uh, Liz Hunter, they were, uh-huh. they were fake writers, or fake names. I don't know
0: who? <laughs> who, who wrote numb those articles? Plumes. They were numb to plumes. <laughs> no, it, it's funny too, because, well, so Matt Brock was great. Um, actually, I, 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 think this is, I, I don't think I'm telling any secrets out of school. I think this is mentioned on other wrestling podcasts, but, okay. um, the photo of Matt Brock, there were okay. actually a couple of photos of Matt Brock that were used in his columns. Those were actually of, um, our production manager, a guy by the name of Carl Lovick. <laughs> H-L-A-V-A-C, um with the hat and he had a cigarette, yeah, the, stuff, cigarette and hanging out, yeah. and the cigarette was hilarious because carl was vehemently anti-smoking so <laughs> we, we would needle him about that once in a while but you know matt brock was the um the jimmy breslin of the magazines yeah you because know, we're all a bunch of young guys writing wrestling magazines but yeah. we needed some other personalities in there so that was matt you know he was the he was the jimmy breslin he was the uh um Oh, who was the columnist out of Chicago? Mike Roiko. Um, he was like the Mike Roiko type, um, you know, sort of the, the crusty veteran. He always liked to sit in the cheap seats because he wanted to be you know with the fans, yeah. not the not the VIP. Yeah. And he was fun. He was just a fun. He was a very defined personality, so he was he was fun to write. Yeah. Um, and Liz, of course, was the female. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know the female perspective, which uh, was. You know interesting because it was guys writing the female perspective <laughs> for years. Um, but I think Brandy Mankiewicz wrote uh Liz Hunter okay, um, for a while, so we did get the female perspective for real in there for yeah. a while. Wow. Um, but you know, and, and most people believe that Dan Shockett is yeah. in that same category, he and he's he not absolutely was not. Yeah, um, I thought
1: that too for years, and I found out, yeah, wasn't, Dan yeah. was
0: and you know, tragically died due to cancer at a very young age. Yeah. Um, but he was an interesting, interesting guy. I think if had Dan lived, he would have been extremely successful in Mm. writing in some form or fashion. Yeah. Um, he had, he had a very diverse and eclectic set of interests, you know, whether he'd come in and write wrestling, um, he wrote for gentlemen's magazines, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. He would, you would you'd ride with him uh, during lunch in his car he'd pop in a cassette and it would be um, Gilbert and Sullivan operatives. oh okay yeah 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 it's like <laughs> boy that's a, he always had something interesting to say about every topic just yeah. very and god I would have loved to have seen um, what he would have done with with a full career yeah um, and people think Eddie Elner similarly falls Eddie in Elner. that category yeah. as as Matt and Liz but um, Eddie is as real as you or I and living in California and runs a yoga studio in fact, oh wow, cool that's interesting um, yeah yeah the other the other sort of personalities that fall into the Liz and Matt category were they came about when um after we got um kicked out of the garden, so to say kicked out of the matches from photography, mm-hmm. it also became an issue about quoting the wrestlers, oh okay. So we had to skirt around that somehow. So we created a series of experts. We had uh, Thomas Pilliard was an expert that we would quote about WWF issues. We had my my favorite was Zenith Abraham, who was the astrologist to the stars, <laughs> and she would you know give the astrology readings for. Again, we need WWF quotes. We can't quote the guys. Well, let's you yeah. know, let's come up with you know, Dr. Sydney M. Basil, the psychologist. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> 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 Who well, I th- I was told recently that Doctor Sydney M. Basil actually popped up in a WWE magazine. Oh, okay. At some point, which I think is just wonderful.
1: Yeah, that's. It
0: brings it full circle. Full
1: circle, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's great. No, that's uh, one more question. Um,
0: yes, whatever what you, you want. Your last. Can you tell Chris?
1: us? Your last article that you wrote for a wrestling magazine, uh, which, what was it about, and which magazine was it in? Wow, that's uh, a
0: great question, and I don't know. Okay, well, the last one. What? Wow, you know. I, now I'm curious. I have to go back and figure it out. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean I to don't, stump don't. you there. <laughs> <laughs> totally stump me. Totally stump me.
1: Oh, okay. Well, then That's another good. question. I know you say you don't watch it very much now, or, or follow it. I should say, um, is that just because of the dynamic, how much it's changed over the years for you, or is it just that you're busy and you're not covering it anymore, so you don't ha- you don't you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, more the latter. You know, I'll I'll, I'll channel flip and and land on it occasionally, and I'll okay. watch a few minutes of a match, but you know, I've I've fallen out of the storylines and I don't know the personalities like I did. So right. it, it doesn't have any context for me. So it's, it, it, it doesn't mean as much as if I had been following it. So yeah. it's a little frustrating that way. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I'll, occasionally I'll see, I'll see clips online or, yeah. or, you know, a few minutes. One thing I did see that I really liked, and I guess this is, um, uh, this is sort of old school, but not old school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was AEW. Yes, did a um, did a retro show at one point. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I was. A, yeah, I remember which time. He did yeah. an episode where it was almost like a WCW TV taping, it, was, it had that studio wrestling flavor to it. And all of their wrestlers took different personas for the show. Um, yeah. It was great. I thought it was one of the most. Yeah. Again, well, coming from old school, right? Yeah, I suppose, old school, yeah. yeah. It was right in my wheelhouse, and I just I thought it was fantastic. They, they really sort of nailed the flavor of what they were trying to emulate. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I haven't really seen a whole lot of, of, of uh, the current stuff. So yeah. my apologies to all the current well, guys. No, by all means, no. And
1: so one more question for real this time. What okay. are you doing now? What kind of projects are you working on, or
0: if you're working on anything, or? Um, well, as I mentioned earlier, after I left the magazines, I ran away and joined the circus. Yes. So I did that for about 10 years. Um, then I started my own company doing, uh, digital marketing and communications. Okay. I took a two year detour to work for a cell phone startup company, uh, went back to my own company for a couple of years. And one of my clients at that time was bank of America. Okay. And, um, they made me an offer to join them full time. So that was about 10 years ago, and I am still working for them. I am a senior content strategist working on their artificial intelligence customer assistance uh, presence in their mobile app, which is a very long-winded way of saying um, um, I'm working on their uh, Erica, which is sort of their their chatbot. I shouldn't say chatbot. That's not a word we like. Um, but it's an artificial assist artificial intelligence customer assistance
1: oh okay that's pretty oh, cool yeah,
0: so it's, it's kind of like their version of Alexa or yeah. um, Siri and Siri. It's, it's really yeah. interesting because I'm learning about the whole AI world and you know when I ask Alexa to do something and it answers in a certain way I kind of yeah. understand now that. oh that's why it's saying that but there, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's 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 not exactly a straight line you know yeah. wrestling to circus to uh banking but it's hey. you know, it's all sort of communications yes and uh it's a pretty cool place to be it's just it's fascinating
1: yeah no that's great
0: um but yeah about the furthest thing from wrestling you could imagine right yeah but hey you know
1: <laughs> it sounds like you're really good at it that they, they you've been there 10 years so that's that's but wonderful it is.
0: it's a fun place to be
1: Mr. Craig Peters,
0: thank you for coming on today, sir. I really,
1: really, really do appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it as well. Um, always happy to, always happy to talk about the good old days and yes. a lot of fun with great people and, yeah. uh, many of whom that I'm still friends with to this day. And, uh, boy, it was a, it was a unique time, nothing like it. And, uh, I Anybody it sense. There, it was just <laughs> knows what it was like it was a lot of fun and happy to happy to relive it for an hour or so here yeah, so that's thank great. you for that opportunity
1: all right i think thank you sir i appreciate it folks if you're watching thank you if you're listening thank you again mr craig peters thank you sir for coming on and we will talk to you soon